The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and even though it may seem like I'm cheerful, I am far frickin' from it. Well, the Chargers came into the black hole and short-circuited the Raiders. That and more here on show 493. Before we get into this show, in a flash of good news, Navarro Bowman, a 49er, linebacker, beast, Possible Hall of Famer for sure because the way he played, it was awesome. Becomes the newest Oakland Raider from across the bay. You know, I saw this coming because he lived here. He's, his children are here. He has two, uh, twin daughters and a uh, eight-year-old son going to school. You know, he was going to supposed to visit the Cowboys and everywhere else. But I just believe him staying here close to home was a huge factor in his signing. Got $3 million from us. And he's getting paid from the Niners for the rest of the year. Not a bad check for a guy that could possibly help us in the middle. He certainly couldn't hurt us. I see him uh, on first, second down maybe. Uh, he's not the guy that could cover before. He was a beast when he was uh, in 14, 13. Oh, my gosh. What a beast. Great player. I think he's got the right uh, temperament. But then again. Uh, we're in need for sure, and certainly not on the defensive side of the ball as much as we are on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> we really look sad. And on that note, on today's show, the post game for the nutless, boltless, chargeless Chargers come into Oakland, and well, they got the W. Not that it was a big game or a tough game or whatever. It was the most boring football game I can remember watching, really. We'll do a pregame for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh! oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, they're coming to town, and uh, they lost to the Steelers. So that's going to be some kind of a, you know, they're going to make it into something it's not. It's a freaking football game. A division game in our house. we got to touch that. And the bone line will be very special. Now, it could be a suicide hotline. Of course. I mean, for me it would be. But there are many people still hanging. I'm one of them kind of hanging by a fingernail uh, on the fact this team might make a turn for the best. Uh, so we'll hit the bone line, and that should wrap it up for the show. Got the Chiefs coming in on Thursday, short week, and boy, do we have a lot to get done in the next few days. Well, the post game for the boltless, nutless, <laughs> chargeless, dead batteries come into Oakland. 
Leave with a W. Who'd have thought? Certainly not me. Another beautiful Sunday, the Oakland Raiders decide to lay another egg in Oakland. Um, a horrible game, the most boring football game, I can tell you. The tailgate was crazy, off the chain, UK Black Hole was in the house. Uh, Keith, I mean, Kelly, I could go Nick, I guess she'd go on with all the names, but I'm lame. And you, you know how I am with names. But it was a great time, had a blast, had dinner. I mean... The fans always show, but here's people that travel from London to see a football game, and they see this. Last year, if I was living in London, and I thought, well, gosh, man, this team's going to be kicking some ass, and we're going to get there just in time to see this team make a run for the Super Bowl. Wah, 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 wah. Didn't happen. Uh, And to see that performance on Sunday... I mean, for people like that, <laughs> I truly feel bad. And, you know, the team is uh, jacked up. I, I will tell you, special teams, Marquette King gets a gold star. I even like him dancing. Somebody was was giving him shit about dancing on the field when he did a good play. Heck, man, that's his touchdown. I mean, when he does that stuff, that's what he can do. Um. Yeah, I'm all over that. I'm glad he is. It's the only positive thing in the whole day, for crying out loud. Special teams was awesome, with the exception of very few. It was was a good game that way. Our offense, man, you know what? You ever see that one white guy at the party trying to dance to some grooving music? Some some music's got real soul to it. And he's trying to dance, and he looks like he's trying to put a country dance together. Well, that's our offense. Our offense has absolutely no rhythm. Randy could play the music. He could play the down home bow down. And then play the groove. And you can tell the difference. Um, so our offense has no rhythm. You got people being paid, man. Listen. These guys are starting to make the jack, and they need to start playing like it. Well, Semley lost everybody. Gabe, Kondo, blew it with his terrible... I mean, what the hell is this team? These are basics, folks. I'm sick of seeing it. It was buffoonery at its finest. Our game for the taking, really. The Chargers are terrible. Chargers are not good. And neither are the Ravens. Two winnable games we should have won, and if it if we turn it around, I would hate to see the whole season fall in the shitter because of these two losses. The Blackbirds and the Dead Batteries. 
That would be pathetic. But I'll tell you right now, it goes deeper than that. The offensive play calling is lame. Last three games, it's been pathetic. And it's actually been kind of confusing. It's like someone uh, with whiplash because one week we're going for it on fourth down and the next week we're not going for it on fourth down. Not that there was any real uh, wisdom behind those choices because I could go through all three of them and tell you it was stupid to do either one of them. And here we are with uh, four losses in a row. Now, this is not the team that went to the Super Bowl, folks. This is not that team. We don't have an offensive coordinator that's worth a crap. Now, he's up on the podium as I speak, and I don't give a crap what he's saying because I'll tell you, I haven't even heard it, and it's all coach speak. We're growing. We're getting better. It's the details. I don't even need to hear this guy. When you look at the tape, you can see that we are so close on so many things. And, and I know that sounds cliche, and I know that sounds like somebody sitting up here and trying to give you the uh, you know, rose, rose-colored glasses, but it's the truth. We know that we're just this close to making a couple more plays each game and being able to come out on top and feeling like we put together a good product. And you're right, stats aren't everything, but they are often an indicator of areas that you might be struggling a little bit. And uh, we know that there are some areas we've identified that we want to get better at quickly. But I can tell you one thing. He will not have a job next year. And Del Rio might not have a job when the Raiders move to Vegas. I'm not saying next year. Perhaps I think he is on the hot seat. I think he's concerned finally. Everyone got all giddy when we were winning, as I did. But that was that was a season of transition, and we didn't transition the way we should have. We went backwards, talent-wise, I believe, and as well, um, definitely coaching-wise. Now, the Chargers <laughs> were giving it up. The defense gave the ball to the offense a few times. Derek Carr is a crappy quarterback. His last four games, a quarterback, or well, EJ was in there for a while because Carr gets injured quite often, actually. Kind of concerning for me as well. But Carr's been playing like crap. I don't want to hear about how, oh, you know, he's injured, blah, blah. Everybody's freaking injured, bro. Everybody's got a boo-boo. You look at every quarterback in the league. There's very few that have not sustained injury. Trust me. I don't want to hear that crap. It's a crappy excuse, and I I don't believe it. Coach Del Rio sounds like the huge coach speak machine. Pay attention to detail. You win what you deserve. You win what you earn, which I like. I like that phrase. The head coach of the Oakland Raiders joins us here on 95.7, the game Chris Townsend, Roxy Bernstein. Jack, how are we doing this afternoon? I'm hanging in there. How you doing, Chris? Hey, Roxy. We're, 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 we're hanging, too. I mean, obviously, just talk about the frustration that you have, because I don't think at the start of the year any of us would have thought after six games you'd be just two and four. Well, you know, we get a chance to – I like to talk about chapters, and we're, we've, we've written six chapters to the book that will be the 2017 season. And, you know, we've had a couple bad chapters. I'm, I'm looking forward to writing some good ones and uh, sure like to see one Thursday night. We all have 
our observations, Coach, of what's going on. But when you watch the film from the game yesterday and the All-22, you get to look at everything. What are you seeing right now from your football team? Well, a lot, a lot of good things. I mean, a lot of good things, just not enough. Not enough good. Uh, but, you know, a lot of good things. I mean, we had, you know, Nick Morrow come in and play, you know, uh, really a heck of a ball game for a guy call, called on to do as much as he did yesterday uh, with, you know, two of our linebackers, two of our starters banged up. We get Marshawn going in the first half. I mean, you know, I think it's 50 yards and, you know, six, seven yards of carry. I mean, it's going pretty good there. So there were some good things going on. And, uh, you know, defensively, we're getting some third down stops getting off the field. Um, so, you know, I thought offense were moving the ball, you know, it looked like, you know, it looked like you know, we were going to be able to put together a real productive day. And then, you know, some little things come up, you know, a penalty here that calls back a 25 yarder, a 19 yarder. And, you know, you start having some of those things where we just were kind of bogging down a little bit. Some of the, some of the details that uh, separate, you know, really good from, from, from not as good, uh, getting in the way. When you look at the offense, last year at this time you'd scored 152 points. This year it's 124. What do you think the biggest difference is from the offense from last year to this year? It's just productivity. I mean, it's just it's just taking advantage of your opportunities. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, you know, um, you just don't know how one thing, one call, one play can ignite a football team. You just don't know. And And for us, it's about staying positive. It's about continuing to believe. It's about continuing to develop and work. And, and those are the things you have to do. You have to hang your hat on something. All right. So when adversity hits, when adversity hits, it's not the time to start pointing fingers, to start, you know, growing frustrated and things like that, because that doesn't help you get better. That doesn't help you play better. That doesn't help you win. Uh, for us, it's about, you know, being steadfast, sticking to it, continuing to work. You know, continue to bring energy, continue to develop, continue to believe. And, and, and we've got to do that as a football team. Coach, the big news today is Navarro Bowman is signed, sealed, delivered, now a part of your football team. What do you think you're getting with Navarro Bowman? Well, we're getting a, a veteran linebacker, uh, a guy who's played a lot of good football right down the road. Um, you know, we're happy to have him and uh, giving him – an opportunity to learn our system. We're obviously we've got a short week. We'll see if we can get them up to speed and and uh, and see if we can get them involved in the game on Thursday night. We'll just we'll see how the week goes with that. Whether we can get that done, but uh, that's that's the hope. What would you say the chances are of him suiting up and playing Thursday night? I'm just I'm not going to get into trying to handicap it. You know, we're just going to get him prepared best we can, and uh, if we feel comfortable with it, and he feels comfortable with it, then then we'll roll. You said yesterday after the game. There were times you knew what the Chargers were doing, and it was just really disappointing. At what point, because everybody obviously wants to talk about coaches, they want to talk about coordinators, at what point, I mean, you know this as a player, former player, at what point do the players need to, they need to own up and look at themselves in the mirror, and, and they've got to get it done? Well, we all we all have to share in it. We all have to share in it. The players and coaches, we're tied together. We're we're tied together, We're and there's no separating it, you know, so... As coaches, it's our job to prepare. As, as players, it's their job to go out and, and compete. And as a football team, you know, we, we win and lose together. And that's, that's where we are. So I didn't mean that for, for that for sure to, to come off any other way. Uh, but we were prepared for the things that we were getting. And because it's a division opponent, I mean, you, you, you have to know some of these things that they like and that we like. They know some of the things we like. And, 
And so we had our opportunities to make our plays. Didn't make enough. We made a lot of plays, but not enough to, to come home happy. Is it good to now be on a short week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing like the next opportunity to, to get you going. So, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely great to, to be on a short week. Uh, and when we're relatively healthy coming out of the game, we had, you know, uh, one, guy, one guy that won't be able to practice today um, in Marshall Newhouse, uh, and, and we hope to get him back, but he won't practice today in our, in our walkthrough. This is – we're still relatively early in the season in terms of – the way the landscape shakes out. A lot of football left to be played after Thursday night. But for us, we were talking about this, Coach, about the importance of a win Thursday against Kansas City. Would you call this game a must-win? Well, I called the last one a must-win, so that didn't help much. You know, to me, it's about winning the next opportunity, you know, the next chance, the next time out. Uh, and then start stacking some wins together. That's what we've got to do, but you can't stack them together if you don't get that that next one. And so that's what we're focused on is, is the Chiefs and the next one. You know, obviously, it's hugely important. Uh, we just need to start winning. We need we need to get some wins under our belt, and um, and they start stacking them up. And it, it starts with getting this next one. People talk about the locker room being connected. And we know when you start losing, you start worrying about that. What is the mental mindset of your team in that locker room right now? Well, I feel like it's pretty good. I feel like it's uh, we're a proud group of men. Uh, I, I feel like. Uh, our guys understand the urgency. I feel like um, you know we're we're giving great effort. I think we've, I think we're hanging tight. I think that's what we've got to do. So you know, it's, it's to me, it's about you know you show your true character when you're faced with adversity, and um, and so I, I can promise you they're going to get my very best. When you're going through a tough stretch like this, are there are particular guys, or are you looking to veteran players in that locker room, Jack, that you can lean on to get a pulse of, of what they're thinking, what's going on. Well, not so much of what's going on as more in, in terms of, hey, just uh, you know, keep doing the right things, keep believing, keep the faith, you know, keep keep grinding. That's that's where we are, and and that's what we do regardless. That's the whole thing. It's just, you know, the, there's, there's a process. All you can do to be at your best is recover from the last game, prepare your butts off, and then go compete. That's it. That's it. That's what gives you your best chance to be at your best. And that's what we're going to do, win or lose. That's how we approach it each and every week. And let's end on this. Kansas City comes in. They just lost to Pittsburgh, but they're having a fantastic year. They're in first place. What have you seen with the Chiefs on film, and especially Alex Smith? Yeah, outstanding. He's really red hot, uh, playing playing very well. Their, their offense is at or near the top uh, in a lot of categories. They're really, they're really humming along. Um, Good football team, we know that, and uh, you know, looking forward to the matchup. It's a, it's it's a it's a good team on a Thursday night, and uh, should be a great atmosphere. And looking forward for that thing to get here as quick as possible, and us be get out there and roll. And also, the good thing about a short week, coach, is you don't have to do the silver and black show. <laughs> well, I'm going to miss you there. Uh, County, I'll miss you on that one, but we'll pick up next week. All right. We'll see you on Thursday. Good luck, Coach. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Jack Del Rio, the head coach of the Raiders. <laughs> it's just me, I'm sure, but coaching is huge right now. The offense, which is the best part of our team, is failing to make it happen, and it's all on Todd drowning. He is freaking drowning even more so. Are you seeing that defenses are really trying to not let you guys get deep? 
Yeah, this is a league full of good coaches. You know, nobody got here by accident. So uh, defensive coordinators look at our roster and they know that the talent and the playmaking ability that those guys have. And so certainly they're going to uh, play us in a manner that is – you know, uh, productive for their units or, or try to be productive for their units. So no one's given us anything, uh, but we need to be able to execute better and attack the coverages that we're seeing and the defensive structures that we're seeing. We've we've had some plans in place. I certainly have to do a better job at, at scheming some things better. Guys need to go out and execute better. Everyone's got a piece of this pie, and uh, we, uh, we're all hardworking individuals that are ready to come together as a team. So far I've seen out of this coach – that he is not, that's a big NOT, being able to respond to games when he's lost the game. Where is the response to the Washington Redskins game? Where is it? Are you talking about Washington? Where is the response to the Washington Redskins game? Are you talking about Washington? I uh, just got a lot of areas... Uh that are room for improvement, and we're excited to take the next step and get back on track. It seemed like they knew what you were doing ahead of time, kind of the plays in terms of like sometimes they were maybe stuff ahead of you guys. I don't think so. I don't think so. I just think it was a matter of execution, and you know, not not really uh, staying ahead of schedule and you know, staying ahead of the chains. To see this offensive line as good as you guys have played for the last two years, to to have that kind of struggle in terms of push and that kind of thing. What have you seen this week in terms of the response? Yeah, I don't think any position group watched that Washington game and felt like we put our best foot forward. So we're just really looking forward to getting back to our identity and, and coming out and playing good, clean, solid, high-effort, high-finish football. How would you describe uh, Derek's play in that game? It doesn't seem like he's quite himself that game. Is that when you saw on film, or what was your, your take on watching him on film? Yeah, you, know, you guys know how uh, prideful a, a worker he is, and you know he's worked really hard this week to clean up some things and do his part, but that's permeated our whole offense. No one has looked at that game, as I, as I said, and thought, man, I'm really pleased with what I put on tape. Uh, everybody from Derek uh, you know, all the way down to quality control coaches has looked for ways to improve, and that's going to be what propels us going forward. Where's the response to even to the Ravens? You know, last week was a step in the right direction for us in the run game uh, and the production there. So we're excited about the way that that's trending. Uh, just continue to look for ways to grow and, and highlight our guys' skill sets, uh, whether it be run or pass game, you know, and, and take another step forward. Listen, I think Reggie's trying to do his job, get some kind of help for the defense, but the defense it really hasn't been the problem. <laughs> the problem with the Raiders has been the offense. You know the Raiders are ranked the 28th team right now in the league? 20 freaking 8th team. Just when you think you can start being, you know, positive about your team and think that you can go out there and kick anybody's ass, look at we look like the punks that lost that won four games. We look like the punks in Dennis Allen's Raiders. That's what it looks like to me. Absolutely no rhythm, no consistency, uh, and horrible coaching. Absolutely lame culture. I don't even know. Someone should be getting their ass chewed up one side and out the other. And... uh Said, if you don't fix this by the end of the year, you're out. Period. That's it. Oh, it's a lot of stress for people. Hey, that's how work is. 
get the job done or move over and let someone else do it. But I'll tell you right now, the Todd Downing experiment is looking pretty freaking stupid. If I remember correctly, you had some sort of background in media relations or media in some yeah. way. Yeah, I was a so, PR so, intern back Okay, then. so you, so you know the score. You know what you know what happens yeah. to coordinators when they, you know, what, what people are saying when, yeah. the, when the offense is not going well. Um, does that get through to you at all? Do you hear it? Do you pay attention? Well, how, how have you dealt with that? Honestly, uh, I try to live my life in a manner of high character no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm coaching or whether I'm shopping at the grocery store or taking my son to his uh, little league basketball game or something, you know. Uh, and so I kind of approach each day like if I put my best into each day and I do things in a manner of high character and I stay true to who I want to be, then I can sleep at night. So I don't really read anything. I never really worried too much about other people's opinions. And, you know, I, I, I would uh, I'd be doing a disservice to everybody in this building if I put too much stock in what others were saying. So if you're at the grocery store and somebody says, why didn't you run Lynch more? <laughs> Did you, does that stuff happen even? Or does that? Oh, yeah. I have friends that have them on their fantasy team that are mad at me for that. No, I, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the business. And that's, you know, something that uh, I don't, you know, never want to say that you welcome critique but I welcome uh, the responsibility that this job has afforded me and I understand that you know I'm going to have to deal with uh, negative comments and consequences when things aren't going well so I'm looking forward to standing up here in a more positive fashion sometime soon. Todd, how's that balance with the sense of urgency that there is right now on the four game losing streak but also having patience to not force things and, and become out of character? Yeah that's a great question you know I think uh, some people can fall into the trap of pressing in a situation like this when you've gone a little sustained while with some struggles. Uh, you look for plays maybe that aren't there, you know, or, or you uh, force a ball into coverage or something of that nature. Or as a play caller, you tend to uh, want to create a shot or be perfect with your scheme so that you can get something going, and, and you do have to stay patient. Uh, I, I tell the offense this every week, uh, but it's never been more true than where we're at now as an offense. You know, we have a, a belief in what we've uh, done this far and the system we've put in place and the playmakers we have in that room and the coaches that are up there in the room with me, and you will never see me waver in my belief of any single one of those guys, including myself. If I did and I started acting different or calling games differently, then that would mean I didn't really believe in the first place. And I think the whole thing with consistency with uh, Musgrave's offense is I, where is it? Where is the consistency that was supposed to go from Musgrave right to Todd Boy and out on the field? Uh, it it never happened. It's like Musgrave was never here. It's like last season's plays were a were a pariah because if this is Musgrave's playbook, <laughs> well then. We certainly have got some issues. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. The Charger game, like the Ravens game, like the Bronco game, we should have won all three. We're going to kick ourselves in the ass if and when we turn it around because this season looks awful bleak and five losses in a row. Well, I don't need to, I don't need to write that down for you. Do you need to paint the picture for you? I don't think so. You guys are Raider fans for crying out loud. Uh, it will be just a, well, try to sell your tickets if you can't make it. And if you can't make it, just throw them in the garbage because nobody is going to want to go. I mean, that's how pathetic they're playing. It is, I fell asleep. I fell asleep 
just for a second, I caught myself, and I said instantly, wow, this has got to be the most boring football. The Raiders were on offense. I don't know what the answer is, but I certainly know that uh, the heat's getting hot up in there. Uh, I don't see much hope because when you have this type of problem and you go through four games and you still haven't figured it out yet, and then you're going into a buzzsaw that's visiting from out of county, out of town, out of state, well, (laughs) what you going to do now, Todd? What's happening, Todd? I don't think there's a single guy that can look back over the last few weeks and say, you know what, I'm really pleased with how, I, how I've played over the last three weeks or called a game the last three weeks or coached my position the last three weeks. We all own this together. And there's no one guy that is going to uh, save it or break it or, or uh, anything in between. You know, we need to do this as a team, and everybody needs to make the plays they're afforded the opportunity to make, and I, I need to call the right plays when afforded the opportunity to call them. I don't understand it. It's uh, it's incredibly uh, inconsistent to me. Coaching staff is struggling. There's no doubt. They're just having a hard time gelling here. Todd Drowning is going down for the third count if if uh, he blows this next one. Now to Todd Downing in the offensive uh, flow. They did a lot of the things we've been advocating. First play of the game, Amari Cooper goes in ghost motion. And that's what got you the Marshawn Lynch off uh, right tackle 15-yard run, his longest run as a Raider. I've been saying, you know, they did that a lot with Bill Musgrave, using the width of the field. Just what what ghost motion is is when Amari comes in motion and goes behind uh, the Derrick and the running back, and it forces, they think he may get an end around. It could be especially, could come out the other side. So they have to flow to his side, and it holds the backside over and over again. The Chiefs do it every damn play. Watch Andy Reid on Thursday. He will send guys 53 and a third wide. Hell, they'll just run right out of bounds. He wants to stretch the width of the field to make it easy. Then later in the game, they ran Amari Cooper on a jet sweep. They didn't give it to him. They gave the jet sweep later in the game to Patterson. So I see they're trying to use the width of the field. Uh, several times, Jalen Richard would just run out horizontally, get outside the numbers, turn his shoulders right to Derek, and just sit there. He didn't do anything. What he was just, uh, what he wanted to do was stretch out the defense to throw a backside slant. And one of them went to Amari Cooper. They also bubble screen. I've been saying, bubble Amari, please. Now, I know you're playing teams that play press man, and those teams are hard to bubble, like the Baltimore Ravens, the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Chargers are typically play a lot of press man, but yesterday they played more, uh, you know, soft zone. But, and then, you know, you're getting Amari involved in some. But still, and you know, the one play, and you heard the call when Gabe was called for the hold, and it negated Amari going up and high-pointing the ball. Uh, Just note to Todd Downing, and you see this in basketball players, Bonte, some basketball players are one-foot jumpers, and some are two-foot jumpers. If you're a one-foot jumper, you can be a two-foot jumper. The real skill is to be able to go up off one foot. And the best rebounders and finishers can jump off one foot. Some guys have to gather and go up with both feet. Amari Cooper is a two-foot jumper. Isn't that obvious now? When we see him go up and take that ball away. Preseason against the Rams, he did. Same play. Went up on three guys. He gathered with two feet and then went up. If you ask him to jump off one foot, his effort is lame. And he doesn't go up and get the ball. 
So now in order to buy the time for Amari to get to the spot to gather like Randy Moss and go up with two feet, you may have to roll the pocket. You know, you're going to have to get the ball out a little bit later than, you know, Derek likes to get it out in the twos, the low twos. You may have to roll the pocket, plant the quarterback. But it, you got I mean, Amari Cooper's skill set is varied. Uh, but he's it's obvious to me he's a two-foot jumper, not a one-foot jumper. I want more deep shots to him, jump balls, but it's got to give him time to gather. So, I mean, the offense is just... They need to challenge something vertically, Pop. Uh, look, I'm looking at Derek Carr's pass attempts. 30 pass attempts yesterday, 24 within six yards of the line of scrimmage. Phillip Rivers looked like he was 25. Didn't get touched. Got a little pressure. I think there was a sack. Had all day to throw the football. And still, our defense held pretty good. Uh, they, you know, they held good enough to win. Shit, you held San Diego to 17. That's really good. You should win that game. But the real story is uh, the lack of being able to defend Hunter Henry. And for years, whenever you're playing the Chargers, when they break the huddle, Bonte, I'm always saying, where's Gates? Where's, where's 85? Especially on third down. <laughs> yep. I don't care where Gates is. He, he's, he's not going to be able to. But he actually ran by Carl Joseph on a corner route. I remember Old that. man Gates. Had two like, steps I haven't on seen him. him run a corner. <laughs> and then they come right out, and they go at Carl Joseph, who is playing well. But really, his lack of size matching up with tight ends is a major problem. And they went right at him. After Marquette King punted that ball deep down to the seven-yard line, and Eric Harris downed it, they're on their seven. And what did they do? Boom, boom, two corner routes. And one, the first corner to Hunter Henry was a back shoulder corner, which I haven't seen thrown in the league. I saw New England throw it to Gronk a few Thursdays ago. Like, how the hell do you throw a back shoulder corner? The guy's going this way. He's going out. He has to come back. And he, he threw it because, you know, Carl did flash there. I think if he would have lobbed it over the top, he would have dropped it to Henry. But Rivers threw it back shoulder. Came right back with the same play. And didn't they run on that, that first play, Pop? Uh, double tights. So it came out in the wrong formation. They came out in the wrong formation, yes, play action yeah. pass, and then boom, well, beat Carl Joseph there. And they, Well, they got, they got Hunter Henry. He's one of the tight ends, but he's your primary on that play. So that's why tight ends are a valuable commodity on offense because, yeah, when Hunter Henry comes in the game, they may have the other guy, the bald guy, Sean McGrath. You're thinking, they're going to run it here. But no, they're going to run that tight end up uh, uh, the seam and run a corner route on you. And they're right back into, into you know, striking range. And the way the Raiders played their linebackers was really, this is, this is a problem. Now, I thought Corey James could play more. I mean, you have to have, wonder. I guess there were so many guys they had to deactivate because of injury. But uh, he didn't hardly play, Corey James. Seven he was snaps. Up, it's hardly anything. <laughs> and then Markel Lee's got a high ankle. So you had to play Nicholas Morrow, who wore the green dot. He went out the first play of the game. His shoe falls off. You're like, what's going on here? So coaching for sure on the defensive side of the ball, too. Uh, Norton is so lost, and he's had a chance to learn. I mean, he's lost. You can't tell the coach we got this when your two middle linebackers are both off the field for half of the game and have the coach make decisions based on your buffoonery. No, that's not going to turn out very well. I don't. I don't see Norton next year here. I do not see Ken Norton. You heard it here. He ain't going to be here next year. He's not going to be here next year. Uh, Todd might be a linebacker coach or a locker room sock guy. I don't know, but he's going to not be the offensive coordinator if we move this direction, which should be fine. Get somebody 
with some experience. Hello. You got a you got a great team, spent a lot of money on him, and you let a new guy run the team, a guy that's never uh really done it before. I said it in the summer. When they got rid of Musgrave, I go, well, they promoted Todd Dowling, huh? Well, I already said that the, there are two things, the defense and the offensive coordinator that were my, my biggest concerns before the season started. And I'm not trying to be all Nostradamus on you or anything, but, well, it is what it is. The Chargers game, boring as hell. Uh, last quarter of the game was so lame. It was like you could see it. It's of the Raiders of old. I've seen it a million freaking times, sitting in those same goddamn seats, sitting there watching these guys crap the bed as the other team comes right on up. Bink, field goal. Bye, see I got the W. I am so sick and tired of it. The Chargers won that game, and the Raiders lost that game. And that is all I have to say about that. All right. Kansas City Chiefs, yes, the condiments, the mustard yellow, the ketchup red, and the mayonnaise white are traveling to the black hole, Thursday night game, prime time game, all these add up to very bad vibes for the Raiders, they have not played well on prime time when they were playing well last year. We suck at prime time. What Raider fan would have ever thought about that when we were kings of Monday night? We owned Monday night, and we were beating everybody up on Monday night, and now we can barely get it done on a Sunday afternoon. Yet, we'll be on national television We'll be there to show everybody, the whole world, what the Oakland Raiders are all about. And all I really have to say about that is, I hope the fans that hear my voice, I hope we represent. Because I know we're going to show up. I know we will. I know they'll hear our screams, our yells, our boos. But you'll know one thing, the fans came to get it done, no matter what the team does. I am hoping, and hoping is a miracle of miracles. The Chiefs lost last week to the Steelers, and the Steelers, they just punched them in the face. The Steelers came out and manhandled the Chiefs. They didn't listen to all the yah, yah, yah. The Chiefs went in there and did their finesse game, which that's what they play, a finesse offense and a finesse defense. Very well done, very well coached. But they went into the Steeler territory, and Steeler said, you know what? 
<laughs> We're not going to worry about it. We're just going to punch you in the face and keep coming at you. And you know what? It worked out. And I think if the Raiders have any pride, if they look in the mirror one time, if Del Rio can infuse any testosterone or ball sack or whatever you want to say into this team, he has to do it right now. And this team has to play punching these Chiefs in the face. The Raiders have to take penalties. I don't care. Give me 125 yards of penalties if we get the W. I don't care. We need to pummel, bruise, and take out every aggression we have after these last four losses on this Chiefs team. You got to be mad. You got to be mad. You got to be pissed off. And trust me, Bowman is playing. Bowman is playing in this game, and he's going to play like a maniac, I think. Moochie, Steve Mariucci, former Niners head coach, joining us on a uh, Monday here on the Afternoon Delight with Pop and Bonte and 95.7 The Game, as he does every single Monday, part of the uh, football hour brought to you by Livermore Ford. Uh, the big news this weekend, C.J. Beathard taking over as the rookie quarterback was the big news on Sunday, but the big news before they flew to Washington was the Niners' decision to uh, release Navarro Bowman. Drew Rosenhaus, his attorney, initially when they said, you know, we're going we're gonna to take you off the field here in some of these packages, he said, trade me. Ooh, you were yeah. there. I mean, this is a classic Bill Walsh move, as you know. He let go. When you were coaching the team. They decided to release Jerry Rice, and he wound up going across the bay to be a Raider, and he wound up being a pro bowler in his 40s. So mm-hmm. you know that, you know, sometimes you have to make hard calls on veteran players. But what was your... What was your reaction to the Niners releasing Navarro Bowman, Mooch? Well, there's some similarities to what you just said, but there's some differences, too. You know, the Jerry Rice thing had to do with our salary cap, and it was done in the offseason. It it was done, you know, he knew it. He knew it was coming, and and it was all above board. There was no surprises. It wasn't in the middle of a season. And so um, I don't know if salary cap, played into it or if it just was he was getting less and less playing time you know they drafted Reuben Foster who's really going to be a good player when he's when he's uh, available every week um it just it took me by surprise because I, you know I went in there you know Navarro never played for me or anything but I've uh, been in there and done some interviews with him and he's certainly He's been a great 49er and uh, played after injuries, terrible injuries. He's been a superstar for them and a leader and a captain and all those kinds of things. So um, I'm not sure what message that sends to anybody, but uh, it's a tough tough thing to do for John Lynch in in the front office to to part ways with a guy that's uh, so highly regarded. So, you know, let's hope he's going to land on his feet and play well. He's, I, he, he still has, you know, something left. He really does, something to offer. He's one of the good guys in the NFL. So I, I'm just uh, hoping for the best for the guy. Is he going to end up with the Raiders? Well, see, he was in the building today, but I yeah. guess he left. I, I, I mean, uh, Matt Mellon's going to join us at, at uh, one thirty here on the afternoon delight with Pop and Vontae, uh-huh. 95.7 the game. The one thing I'm going to ask Matt, knowing inside linebacker play, I wonder if, if Navarro is better served going to a team that 3-4 front, Mooch, versus a, 
a 4-3 since he seemed to be making a hard transition this year, going from a 34-year-old career to a 43. Yeah, Matt would be able to talk about that, you know, and, and heck, heck, Matt played for both teams, the Niners and the Raiders, didn't he? And, and so, uh, but I, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know how much that makes the difference. I, I think his age and his salary and his injury history and the, the youth coming up all kind of added up to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's time. And it's not ever easy. Believe me, it's never easy to say goodbye to the stars that have been so loyal to an organization over the years. I, I had to do it too many times, and it was the thing that just really bothered me. Um, but when you when you have all these reasons to, to do it, you just have to just kind of, you know, bite the bullet and do it. I, I uh, kind of wish it, it wouldn't have happened during the season. Yeah, you know, some guys just have a hard time cutting great players. Al Davis would always say, I just I just can't let him go. I just can't do it. Red Red Arbach in basketball just could not do it. He you know, he wanted Bird to Parrish and McHale to retire Celtics when he should have moved yeah. on. But Bill Walsh Mooch was different. I mean he got if you go down the list, all the great Niners at some point he had Ronnie to let him go. Ronnie right. Lott, Joe Montana, Roger right. Craig, go on and on. Breaking and on. news, guys. Uh, the rap sheet, Ian Rappaport, is saying that Navarro Bowman is signing a one-year deal with the Oakland Raiders. He is. Just like that. So wow. does that mean this year? Does that mean just no. this, this year? This just, I, I believe it's deal. just this year, one year for the rest of the season. So former linebacker Navarro Bowman, according to Ian Rappaport, the rap sheet, is signing a one-year deal with the Oakland Raiders. Any idea on the terms? Yeah, I, no, I assume no idea they're giving him the veteran minimum since... Yeah, the rap sheet. Yeah, the rap yeah those sheet. guys. They those guys have more sources. It's like they have a they have a they they have a mole in every building, right? And they just talk to them, and they don't divulge your sources. And they know. I mean, they just get the scoop. They live with. They sleep with their cell phones on. Where do they get it the from? Guy, from guys in the building or agents? Where do they get this from? Drives me nuts sometimes. <laughs> what do you got, Vontae? I would tell my coaches. Listen to yeah. me. I know yeah. these media guys better than you know them, so don't be them all, all right? You don't be giving out any information because a lot of this stuff is in-house, private, confidential. And and then, and then and then all of a sudden, somebody will be reporting something like, what? Did they have these phones bugged or what? But um, <laughs> you, know, you know what? If this is true, I hope to see him on Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. That would play. be awesome. Huh? I think he'll play. I yeah. think he'll play in that I think game, he'll right? Play. I mean, how hard would it be? He's in shape. He's, he's well, let's go. How hard? I mean, you know, calling defense is a lot easier, I would think, than calling offense. Could you expect him to come in and put on the green dot helmet and start at middle linebacker for you on Thursday night against Alex Smith? That would be unbelievable if that happened. I doubt it. I, it's, it's, I don't know how many what similarities you have. You know, the Kenny Norton, Jack Del Rio defense is kind of like the Seattle Seahawks sort of defense. And, and uh, uh, you know, Robert Sala was, was running some of that stuff, too. There's some similarities, right? So we'll see. I, I Gosh, I, I hope he plays. One-year deal, $3 million, according to Adam Schechter. That's kind of ch- they they wow. imitated your contract over there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I work for I free, Mooch. I'm an intern. I wonder why they had to give him that much, Mooch, because he, I, the, the Niners still have to eat a lot of money. So does he, he doesn't double dip on that. There's an offset, isn't there, on that deal? How does that work? I believe there's you know, an I'm offset. I'm not sure what yeah. his contract says, if there's an offset or not. I uh, I don't know the answer to that. But let me tell you this. If they gave him $3 million and it sounds like a good amount of money, it's because he probably had other options.
and 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 I and I would really believe that if there's two or three or four teams that are calling him and saying, "Hey, come on in here, we want to talk to you." Um, it, it, it's smart for the Raiders to pay him whatever it takes to get him in there because the Raiders, right now, they need they need a they need a spark, right? They need something good to happen, and he, you know he might just be able to help. You know they've they've added to that offense and spend money on the offense, and uh, they drafted you know for the defense too. But to get a veteran kind of guy like that, a guy that's like been there, done that, and can lead and and make everybody accountable and, and help. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a great move by the Raiders. Great move. Wow, breaking Big news story. here in the Bay Area, Pop. And we get Matt Milanod next. Who better to talk to about Navarro Bowman? Uh, well, Navarro Bowman, how will he work as a Raider? Let's bring a guy in. Most of the guys have gone from the uh, 49ers to the Raiders. But Matt Millen made the opposite uh, trek. He was a Raider to start, won a couple of Super Bowls there, and then went to the 49ers and won the third of his four Super Bowls and totally joins us here on the Afternoon Delight with Pop and Bonte at 95.7 the game. So give us your thoughts now. Navarro Bowman is an Oakland Raider, Matt. That is uh, that's a great move. That's a good move by uh, Reggie McKenzie. It solidifies a group that needs solidification. Although they weren't playing terrible. They don't have anybody who has Navarro's presence. You know, Reggie McKenzie and I talked a little bit about this actually just last night. And, uh, and one of the things, you know, that Reg says, look, just make your team better. If you have a chance to make your team better, you do it. Well, I just think he made it better. And so here's the thing. Now, Pop, you and I talked about this a few years ago with Navarro Bowman. I thought Navarro Bowman was playing as good a linebacker that I had seen in probably 40 or probably since Butkus and Lanier. That's how good he was playing. And so and it would take a little bit of a discerning eye to see exactly what he did. So I called him a standalone backer because few guys in the league can do it. You know, you have your Singletary's and you'd have your Keekley's and you'd have your Ray Lewis's and you'd have the Lambert's. And, you, you know, through the years, their lackers, all those guys, they all needed help. He didn't. He could stand in a bubble and handle the game himself. Or he could stay stacked and do what the other ones did. He was unique and rare. And so he was at the top of his game. Now I'm going to say this. He's not what he was, but he's still really good. His skills have declined just a tad, but where he's at as a player will solidify that middle. And he's also a guy who has presence. And presence, you can't, you either have it or you don't have it. And, you know, presence is one of those things, like, it's in the back of the offensive guy's head, like, oh, Navarro Bowman's over there. We haven't had that in a long time in the middle of that greater defense. So I think uh... Reggie McKenzie did a great job in that signing. I think think Navarro has to be realistic about where he is, and then I think he'll get a few years out of it. They signed a one-year deal, but if he does what he's capable of, I think he'll uh, he'll be there for a few years. He's 29 years of age. Is it too much to ask him, Matt, to come right in, wear the green dot helmet, and start at middle linebacker on Thursday against Alex Smith and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, yeah it, it'll be a little bit too much um, for the green dot. But I would not – I wouldn't rule him out from playing. I mean, you could, you could stick him on, the, on that strong side bubble and just – he's not going to make all the adjustments because he won't be that familiar with them. But the one part that you can get out of him 
He can be physical. He can still control that side. And, Pop, you and I would talk about this, you know, when we were watching film, and I'd show you how you have to control a gap. It's not just about being in your gap. It's about controlling it. And Rod Marinelli used to say, you know, attack and defend every blade of grass that you own. And that's what you have to do. And so in that area, that small area, you have to be able to control it. Navarro can do that. He's he's physically capable of doing that, and, and that will make a big difference in that scheme. Now, will he be able to go, I don't know how many plays he'll go, maybe he'll maybe get 20 plays out of him. That'd be great. Great start. Uh Matty, the, the the injuries that he's had, and he's had two of the worst injuries an athlete can have. I mean, he shredded every, uh, you know, ACL, MCL, in the knee in the championship game in Seattle, came back and led the league in tackles, and then the uh, Achilles last year. What you're describing is him as a run player, and I think he still is a good run player coming forward. But what do you see right. from his change of direction, flipping his hips? What do you see from his drops? Because the Raiders play a lot of zone in the middle of their defense. We know he can come forward. Can he go side to side, and can he backpedal still? Yeah, he can do that. He just, he doesn't do it as as well as he used to. Keep in mind, when it was uh, when he and Willis, you know, they used to take Willis out and leave him in. He was a great man-to-man guy. He had, ex- he had excellent instincts in his matchup zone stuff. That's what separated him. So right now, and this is where Navarro's got to be, he's got to be smart about it. He's got to be he's got to take an account of exactly where he's at. And so he's, uh, you know, he lost just a tad. Now he probably won't get that back, but he can also make it up with what he sees. His eyes are experienced. His eyes know what they're looking at as opposed to when I watch him and I have him on film and I'm looking at him, he knows exactly. He pattern reads exceptionally well. He anticipates routes really well. You know, he'll cut things off underneath. He'll carry people and pass them off really well. I mean, he, he he's good. That's a good football player. Does he do it as well as he used to do it? No. But is it better than what they have right now? Yeah, absolutely. he'll make them better. I think Navarro Bowman's going to be, if he stays healthy in this game and he plays like I think he, he was gonna, he's going to play, well, then I think that middle is going to be a lot better than it's ever been this year anyway, even last year. Because he'll take he'll he'll make him think twice first of all, and he'll show up the second of all, so that'll help our defense. But yet again, let me let me just go back into it. That's not what's going to win the game. The offense needs to win for the Raiders. It's got to be the offense, man. The offense needs to show up, and they have not shown up in four straight contests. Twenty eighth rated team in the NFL. Yuck. Your best players, your highest paid players are playing not well. They're not playing their best right now. They're giving you some good snaps, but it's highly inconsistent. The bottom line is they ain't scoring. And the best players on this team, the guys that are check are cashing the largest paychecks from the quarterback to the receivers to the entire offensive line, both guards the tackles, they're just not playing well. Your best players right now are not playing their best football. And if they don't start doing it post-haste, like Thursday night, you may be out of time this year. You may be out of time. You'll be looking at 2-5 and five, uh, on the season if they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. 28th rated team in the NFL. Yuck. I got to be pissed. I'd be pissed. 
But you can't be too pissed. You got to be controlled anger. You can't do more than your job because that's what happened last week. Too many guys trying to do too many other guys' job. Don't fall into that crap again this year, just this season, this game. Just do your job. Everybody does their job, and the guy who doesn't do his job is going to be sticking out like a sore thumb. Do your job. That's like the mantra of football. Every team. It has to happen to our team. We have to have the offensive line as one group. We need to have them bust some holes open. We need to have some good running plays. We need to run the ball on the Chiefs. You know, (laughs) their defensive line, okay, good. We can do it. There's nobody who can't be beat. Every team can be beat on every Sunday, and we should be able to beat the freaking Chiefs in Oakland. But that's not the odds. Odds are against us for sure. Chiefs are a machine. You know, they've been beating the shit out of us for three or four or five years. I mean, they come to Oakland expecting to win, period. It's got to stop sometime. I hope it stops this Thursday night. I'm taking my son. Primetime game, man, it's a curse for us. And um, I hate to say that because uh, when the Raiders were playing good last year, man, do you remember that feeling? Man, it was such a feeling. Remember we all said the same thing. Wow, you know, to feel like your team can actually win. We can go somewhere and, and think we can actually kick some ass. And here we are, man, back at the same shitty place we were. Like like last year never freaking happened. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, this is a this turning point. This game, uh, this if if I said last game, like I said, if we lose last game, pff, that's two in the division. We lose this third in the division. You know, good night. You're gonna start seeing guys getting hurt all over, and a lot of guys quitting on the play. And yeah, you know, maybe we'll pick it up for a few games and you only show that we can do something but teams it won't it's too late we missed the dance they closed the door we're dancing in the parking lot it means nothing so this team either either wants to make it this year or at least make a decent year out of it they got to beat the chiefs that's all there is to it don't ask me how because the Chiefs are so much better in every aspect. It's just one of those games, if they could gut it out, they could gut check each other, get pissed off enough to use that energy and anger against these guys and, and take it to them, just like the Steelers. The Steelers just came out and punched him in the face. Great game. You should watch it. They came out and they pushed them all over the field. The Chiefs... We're having a hard time doing what they do best. We need to do the same thing. And we can. The only difference is we don't have Ben Roethlisberger, okay, which is the key here. We have a, I don't know what the hell's up with Derek Carr. I don't know what his psyche is right now, but uh, the miscommunication with the receivers, I mean, it's just, it's it's. Almost, if it wasn't so sad, it'd be funny. Because uh, they look bad. They look just bad. They look like as bad as they ever looked. I mean, the Raiders look just as bad as we're used to them looking. 
So let's just hope a miracle happens on on Thursday. I'd like to see my son see a a game winner. We'd all like to see a winning game. Hell, I would settle for a decent contest. So that's what I'm hoping for. Just play hard, Raiders. Play hard and win. If you lose by three points, but you've been in the game everywhere all the way up to the end, well, okay. I'll take it. But, uh, man, the way you've been losing lately makes me sick, literally. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, 1-800-620-7181. Throw down your bones and getting close to the suicide hotline, but not quite yet. Who's first? And our first caller, my very good brother. I love this guy. I love his family. Great dude. Good Raider family. This is Raider Frank. He's in the house. What's up, brother? Randy, how you doing? It's Raider Frank. Uh, first of all, i got to start off saying congratulations on the win on the Fantasy Football League. Um, you beat me fair and square. I had no support from my team, but uh, hey, oh well, that's how it goes. Now on to the debacle that is currently the Raiders. I mean, we don't have too much going on. Cooper, one catch. Khalil Mack hasn't been able to, you know, break through anything. He's being double teamed pretty much on every play, and the rest of our defensive line can't give pressure on the quarterback, so we're not really doing too well on that front as well. The offensive line doesn't seem to be uh, clicking. I saw a report that saying that, you know, the guards aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. I see it more that the whole offensive line isn't working together. They're not reading the defense correctly. And so pressure's coming through. You know, we have this thing with Donald Penn and, and the fan. Who knows what happened there? Somebody, somebody saying that it was a setup to get Donald Penn to do something to the guy and then lawsuits, extort money from Donald Penn. Who knows? But it's getting kind of nuts, kind of getting kind of crazy. We have the Chargers coming up. They have a good defensive line. They finally won the first game. So they have momentum right now. It's always a tough game against the Chargers. These guys need to step it up. Downey needs to open the playbook a little bit more. I know it's hard to get Cooper involved when he's not catching the ball, but somehow we got to get him out of this funk. And like I said last time, if not, then we got to try something different. Manuel didn't look half bad. He did have time in the pocket, you know. Not much, but, uh, again, this was another another game that we probably could have won and should have won. It's kind of hard for these to watch these, these guys play right now. You know, I know that's frustrating and all those fans, but we just got to hang in there and and, and, and hope, hope for the best. Greater Greg, hope you had a good time on your vacation. I kind of missed you over at uh, Disneyland. I heard you were there. My wife saw saw your wife, and I think you. But uh, hope you had a good time. 
Anyway, Randy, take care. Ready to Frank out. Well, thank you for the call, brother. And, yeah, it was great to see uh, your wife and your daughter there at Disneyland. I love Disneyland. I always have one of my favorite places to go. Happiest place on earth, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, makes me feel like a kid again. But I'm I'm glad you didn't call after the Charger game. You called before. You call after the last joke. Well, maybe you called again. I don't know. But it was great to see you at the tailgate, brother. It's always good to see you and your family. You're great folks. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller is the Desert Raider. Raider Sid, what's happening, bro? What up, Raider Nation? Raider Randy, Raider Greg. This is Raider Sid, a.k.a. the Desert Raider. Hey, just wanted to talk about something. You know what, this whole Vegas shooting thing? Man, that's, that's horrible. You know, some, some complete loser goes out and takes it upon himself to take the lives of 59 innocent people, plus all the people that got injured. You know, thousands of families were, were affected by that. And, uh, you know, when you think about the Raiders losing the last few games, it doesn't seem so bad when you, when you see what's really going on. Um, just a total act of cowardness. I won't even mention the guy's name. He's a loser. Uh, he'd be buried in an unmarked grave somewhere. He's a crap. Speaking of losers on a much lower level, this character who calls himself a Raider fan, who called out uh, Mr. Penn, and wanted to fight him. Really? Dude, you're not a Raider fan. Take those Raider tattoos off. Go to the laser center and get them taken off. You're just a punk-ass bitch. You look like a scared little boy looking for a payday. You're lucky Donald Penn restrained himself. Because he was upset. But, you know, he's smart enough to know that you're just a... You know what? You're an ambulance chaser. You're a scumbag. And you're not a Raider fan. Now, you, you give Raider fans a bad name. I don't have time for pieces of crap like you. All right, so, you know what? Why don't you just stay home, get drunk, and beat up your family, if that's what you do. You know, but, but you're garbage, all right? That's all I got to say. This is Raider said. I'm out. Well, that's a, a call I really wasn't expecting to hear. Yeah, he is a punk. He's a, he's a kid. He's a young kid. I don't even know how old he is. I didn't know he was looking for a payday. I mean, uh, that's pretty lame. I don't know anything other than he called Penn out. Penn hasn't been doing his job. I'd call Penn out. I don't know about throwing a bottle. I don't know about the rest of the drama. But uh, it's already too much drama for me. <laughs> Period. We need to play better football. And Penn better pay, play better football. That's for sure. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is Raider Jakes. <laughs> but I couldn't understand what he was saying with that bell that went off behind him. So you're going to have to call back and give me your new name again, bro. Anyway, what is up? Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Hey, how are things going? This is the former Jake's, Raider Jake's calling in, but I'm now known officially as the Elastic Raider. Okay? 
So what I'm trying to say is, what in the F is going on? We started out good, got our quarterback hurt. Now we can't do a shit. What in the hell is going on? You think there's a distraction uh, involved in all this good shit that we're moving to lost wages, Nevada? Think so? I think so. All right, eh? But no matter what, Raider Nation, this is, uh, like I said, this is the electric radar from Conrad, Montana, hey? We still love our Raiders. We still root for them, root for them. We thought this is going to be our year, and it still could be. Remember the last time we won the Super Bowl back in 1984? We were two and three at this point, five games into the season. Still the players had a meeting, and they decided we've got to ship up or ship out. David Casper, God bless his soul, our tight end, he said he doesn't give a shit about championships or rings. He is concerned with receptions and touchdowns. It didn't take long. He was in a used Northern uniform. So what I'm trying to say is let's not give up the ship at that time. We've just got to do something. Got to do something. We've got to get the long ball going again. We've got to try to bust up the gut and do something. God damn it. I hope we can do something this year. At least make it back to the playoffs. Last year, we made the playoffs. Yeah, well, you know, Donald Penn signed a multi-million dollar contract. He gave up one sack, but the one sack cost uh, Derek uh, Carrara's broken leg. So I hope Derek Carr gets back. So all I can say is let's hope for better things to come. I hope, I hope we can win the L.A. Chargers on Sunday, and I hope we can take at least at least one of our games from the Chiefs because it seems like at this point the AFC West is going through the Chiefs down. All right, Raider Nation, God bless you all. Uh, we're getting snow up in our country. You're getting fire, fire, fire all over in the north. And I'm praying for you folks who are directly or indirectly involved uh, in the fires. I, I hope God blesses you that you can at least save your loved ones. Okay. Thank you, Raider Nation. This is Electric Raider, formerly known as Raider Jakes, and I am out. Well, that's one hell of a message, man. You're on a roll. <laughs> bro. Yeah, the Raiders are in trouble, bro. You know that's true. And the only thing that's true is Conrad Montana is a damn cold place early in the season. And you get you get the cold before anybody. I think even more than Alaska. You guys get it pretty cold. You got to be tough to live in Conrad Montana. I could tell you that for sure. Brother, thank you for the call. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Um but I hope we do something. We need to take this Chiefs game, bro. And our next caller, that would be Raider Jim. He's calling from the East Coast. Doesn't sound very happy. <laughs> Join the crowd, bro. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, 
This is Raider Jim calling from the East Coast, and uh, I think uh, I'm giving up, man. I tried to talk myself into thinking it wasn't that bad last week, but man, today against the Chargers, it was bad. It was bad, man. We just look like a defeated team. I don't understand. Uh, as I said last week, it's got to be the coaching. Uh, Carr looks scared, too. You know, he was hurt and everything. But look, man, if you're going to come out on the field, um, then you gotta you got to play. And uh, I love the guy. I think he's a great individual. But I'm talking about his football play, his football performance, his execution on the field, and and it, it just isn't happening right now. And as far as the play calling, that's a joke. Uh, it's it looks like you know they're it looks like they're in preseason or something, and they're trying out some players running these simple little dink and dunk passes and you know predictable runs. And you know Lynch ran hard. You know he ran hard, and you know Corderell with a with a nice run, but. Man, I mean, the rest of the team and, and the defense. I know, I know, we're injured and all this stuff, and we got linebacker problems. But come on, you know, we're we're supposed to be we were supposed to be playing for the division. Um, we were supposed to be contending for the Super Bowl. What a joke! You know, we're back in the cellar. So I appreciate your podcast, man. So I can vent. I know the Raider Nation is extremely disappointed. I know I am. Uh, had to turn away from the game for a while today just to collect myself because I could feel my blood pressure rising and my wife was looking at me like she's just waiting on me to explode. Uh, but I don't let it get to me nearly as much as I used to, but I'm still extremely disappointed. The Raiders uh, seem like they had uh, such a team assembled to really to really do something, and it's just embarrassing. So Raider Nation, I feel for you. I hate the fact that we're losers again, but we're back in the cellar of the AFC West. Well, we always have the offseason to look forward to. As far as the Chiefs game that's coming Thursday night, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to watch it because it could be one ugly sight. Uh, but anyway, thanks again for the podcast, Greg. Uh, thank you, Randy. Appreciate you doing this. Again, place to vent, place to get out some of this frustration. So God bless you, man, and we'll talk soon. Well, there you go. Um, there's the feeling of the Raider Nation right there. You got the vibe. You got the whole deal. I, You know, there's there's hope. It could happen. Anything can happen. We're hoping for it. This is like the last gasp, like I said, of the fingernail holding onto the cliff. But, hey, we got a chance. I just want us to play football. Even if we lose, I just don't want us to lose like we've been losing. We look so bad. Just like in the basement of the AFC. We deserve it right now because of the way we look. I feel you, bro. Doesn't make sense. Thanks for the call. Don't worry, bro. It's just football. Uh, Like the previous caller um, said about the, the fires and the floods and the shootings. It's crazy. The last few months is, and the, the hurricanes, what the hell? The last few months have, have been brutal. This is football. Think about it in the context of 
where it really is important because really, like the caller said, uh, loved ones are you know way more important. So let's put it into perspective. Uh, although I do hate to lose. <laughs> Thank you, bro. And our next caller from Richmond, Virginia. And, uh, well, <laughs> it's not quite time yet, bro, but what's up? Hello. Is this the Raider Nation Suicide Line Convention? Because I got a problem. This is Raider Trip, a.k.a. the RVA Raider, calling from Richmond, Virginia. And my problem is I don't know where my football team is. Really, I mean, I got to put out a missing team report on the 2016 Raiders. Has anybody seen them? Because I certainly haven't. I don't know what this team is all about, what their identity is, what's going on, and I don't know why they had to lead us on the way they did, winning the first two games of the season and then losing four straight. I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but as far as I'm concerned, this season is effectively done, and we might as well start looking forward to 2018 because when you're playing in the AFC West with the Chiefs the way they are and the Donkeys the way they are, it's not leaving a whole lot of room for us sitting at the bottom right now. Today was pathetic. I just – Carr, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, I, I, maybe he just needs to sit a couple more games out. He's he's lost it for the time being. I hate to say that, but I think it's the truth. You know, he, he gave up two crucial picks. Thankfully, defense held him at that. But the defense really didn't stand when it mattered, and that was when King put the ball on the eight-yard line at the end of the game, and we couldn't get it done. Doesn't really help that Mr. Reliable John Condo gave us a bad snap on our last touchdown. And it's just, they're beyond recognition right now. I mean, in, in the past four games, we scored 52 points, which is ridiculous. We're supposed to be the best offense, one of the best, most dynamic offenses in the league. And right now, it's just unrecognizable. And I think that it's a combination of bad coaching and poor playing. It's just it's an all-around combination of it, and I'm, I'm really just at a loss of words. I don't know what the issue is, but I, I, I hope the guy they can figure it out because if they don't, the Chiefs are absolutely going to stomp us and destroy us on Thursday night, and I would at least like to see a game. You know, I could take a loss. I really can. I could take a loss if you play tough, if you play mistake-free football, if you go out there and give it a year all. But honestly, that's not what I'm seeing, and it's very frustrating. I know Raider Nation is with me. All right, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is the RVA Raider. I'm out. Well, there's not much more I can say um, that you haven't already said. I don't know if I'm going to call the season. I'll call it after the Chiefs game. We'll see how they play. I mean, <laughs> it is very bleak, bro. And if we lose to the Chiefs, next week's show will be all about the suicide prevention hotline uh, for the Raider Nation foe show. But uh, I got hope. Who knows? Stranger things, my brother.
Stranger Things. But, you know, primetime, Chiefs, at Raiders, it, it just doesn't add up very well for this particular team. I don't get it. Neither does anybody else, bro. Thanks for the call. I feel you. Well, our next caller has a great rant, and I had to put it on because I, I totally feel this guy. <laughs> totally, I'm going to call you the ranting raider because uh, you got you got a lot to say, bro. Okay, what's up? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Oh, I know the bone line is going to be on. Fire this week. I'm going to do my best to not cuss, but I mean, man, I can think of so many curse words to describe this team. I'm going to put it like this, man. I told myself if we would have beat the, the Chargers, I would have went ahead and paid for Miami tickets, went ahead and got the Miami game. But to be honest with you, man, they don't deserve not one penny. Car comes back and nothing happens. To be honest with you, man, I think I'm. I, oh, this is Raider B Bell, by the way, coming out of Brayton, Sarasota, Florida. But, dude, I know I made a complaint about Musgrave last year. And then I was like, no, nah, we're good, we're good. But, man, look at us this year. Defense can't stop a runny nose with. 10,000 Kleenexes. Offense got paid and got lazy. But to be honest with you, man, if we do not, if we do not beat the Chiefs this week, I'm done for the season. It's not worth my stress. It's not worth me cussing. I quit smoking cigarettes a couple years ago, and now I feel like smoking again because of my Raiders. But you know what, though? Oh, excuse me on that one. Tell you what, man. I'm done for the season if we lose against the Chiefs, man. Hopefully I didn't cuss too much, but come on, man. This is ridiculous. People got paid and got, and, and stopped trying. Come on, man. You know, we all work. We bust our ass, and we'll get 50 cent, 75 cent, maybe even a quarter more from our from our regular paying jobs, and we still go hard, but yet these NFL players make $10 million a damn season and can't even can't even work as hard as the, the next man making uh, 50 cent extra a fucking year. Come on. Well, there you have it. The ranting ra Raider has spoken, and we all feel a little bit just like him, don't we? I do. That's for sure. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller, one of my very favorite, the femme fatale of the Raider Nation, Raiderette to the bone. This is Callie in the South. I love this girl. What's going on, girlfriend? Callie in the South Raider here. Not happy one single bit. I mean, even when we're up, I thought, are you kidding me? We're only up by three against the effing Charger. Are you kidding me? I mean, there were so many misplays in that game. I can't even 
tell you how disappointed I am. I am not giving up. I know everybody is giving up and saying next season, not me, not me. I am thinking somehow, some way, we will give Kansas City their first loss. I believe that. We, we have a lot of pride Raider Nation, Raider Randy, Raider Greg. We have this. I mean, I am not giving up yet. There's a, there's a small piece of time that we have a chance to make a difference, and this is now. Today didn't show that. God forbid today did not show that, but we will do it. And if we don't do it next week, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I love Raiders. I love Raider Nation. I love everything about us, and I'm not giving up yet. I will never give up. Faith is only gone when there's no hope left. There's still hope. There is still hope. Keep our chains up, Raider Nation. We are going to do this. I know that it's hard to believe that we lost to the Chargers. I like the last thing you said the best. It's hard to believe we lost to the Chargers. <laughs> That's what everybody was thinking. We're still thinking it now. I... I can't even believe it, still. And I saw every painful bit of it. Thank you for the call, girlfriend. It's always good. And our next caller is Casual Carmelo. I love that handle, bro. What you got for us, brother? Yo, what's up, Raider Nation? What's up, Raider Greg? This is Casual Carmelo calling out of Bakersfield, California. You know what? I've been dodging the podcast for about three episodes just because I just don't want to hear anything about the losses. It's bad enough watching it. But you know what? Seeing this game, it's it's disappointing, man. The whole last few games, man, have just been so disappointing. Um, today, the offense didn't look like themselves. Derek Hard didn't look like himself. And you know what? I- I'm done, absolutely done with Ken Norton Jr. Uh, as defensive coordinator. He needs to go. They need to let him go, bring somebody else up that's in the coaching staff already, and maybe have Del Rio aid in calling defensive plays because this guy has just been giving up way too much. Last year they were one of the worst defenses. This year they are the worst defense, and it's just so upsetting to see that because there there are guys on the field on the defensive end that can make plays, that are talented enough to make plays, I honestly think that he he's at fault for getting them prepped, getting them ready. Um, you know, just he's at fault for all that. That's the defensive coordinator. Those are the defensive coaches and whatnot. I mean, something's going on there that it's just none of these guys are getting coached up well at all. The offense, I am seriously bummed out about the offense because I think getting rid of Musgrave was a bad idea. You go from having a great season last year, having one of the best offenses last year, and totally getting rid of him when the problem was Ken Norton Jr. Don't get rid of the offensive coordinator. I know you mentioned that you weren't a fan of the yak, the yards after catch, but 
the number one team with yards after catch won the Super Bowl last year, and that was the Patriots. Fuck them, fuck Tom Brady, but they led in yak last year, and they won a Super Bowl. So I am a fan of the uh, yards after catch. I mean, that's that's pretty important. If if an offense, um, if a wide receiver can make the cornerback miss and gain an extra five yards, six yards, seven yards here and there, dude, that's 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 a positive play. All that's positive. But getting rid of Musgrave, bringing up the new offensive coordinator, not getting rid of Ken Norton Jr., that was a big mistake. And I think that is hurting him right now. I'm just disappointed, man. We have a short week. We have the Chiefs coming coming into Oakland. It's going to be if, – if we get our ass kicked this Thursday, this season is over. If we somehow pull out a victory, there's still a chance for us to turn things around, get everybody situated, get people – playing the way they should, getting the coaches, understanding the players and, you know, playing to their strengths and all that. There's still time to turn it around. But if you're losing and you're going two and five, that I mean, if we lose this Thursday, it's over. It's a wrap for the season. It's depressing because we had such a great season last year. Everybody was looking forward to this year. And they have tons of talent on offense, tons of talent. And the defense has tons of talent. It's just a waste you know, to come into this season and already be two and four, just like that. You know, it, it is so disappointing. But no matter what, you're going to continue to watch the games. It's always Raider Nation, baby. I mean, that it, it, I bleed that. You know, I breathe that. My heart pumps for that. It's just disappointing to see this. There, there's got to be some way to turn it around. And I think Ken Norton Jr. needs to go. If you get rid of him now, you're – what's the point of going the whole season when it's inevitable that you're going to get rid of them, get rid of them now, start it now, get it over with, bring somebody else in that can possibly help us turn it around. Don't delay it. Don't give this guy the whole season to screw us over and not prep well and have a horrible game plan. I don't even know what the game plan was for defense. It's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, but you know, I've been avoiding the podcast, man. I love what you do. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, much love to everybody in the Raider Nation. That's all I have to say. This is Casual Carmelo, and I'm out. Well, brother, I, I like what you brought up. You brought up some great points. Musgrave, good good guy, great offensive mind, obviously. And the yak I was complaining about is the same problem as we have just today. The same thing Todd Dowling's doing, the same thing Musgrave did. You throw the ball to the six for six-yard gain when you need 15. Or you throw the ball to the 10 when you need 15 yards and hoping that you can get that. Well, we haven't been able to do that this year. Last year we did it a few times, but not as as consistent as they do on these other teams like the Patriots. That being said, yak is good. It's very important. I just didn't like the yak, yak, yak uh, short of where we needed to go and then we'd have to punt the ball. That's the yak I didn't like. Ken Norton. Well, let me tell you, man, as bad as the defense is, and it is bad, against the Chargers, they only scored 17 points. That's not too bad. Matter of fact, the defense has doing, <laughs> been doing a pretty good job compared to what the fucking offense, pardon my language, has been doing. Our offense has crapped the bed. It's the offensive side of the ball, which is our strong point, which still... still should be strong because we didn't really lose anybody. We gained people. 
that shows me that the coaching scheme and the scam and whatever it is, whatever that, whatever they did change is not working. And yes, I I was not a proponent of Todd Dowling. I didn't even think that was going to be what happened. I should have even said this in a show that get rid of Musgrave, but bring somebody in here who's a great offensive mind that could really move this team to the next level offensively. Well, <laughs> and then we let the rookie, the first-time guy, take over a team that is on the verge. Trust me, bro, you have a finite window, as you know, to get to the Super Bowl and a championship and make it happen. Well, we're burning daylight here, and it's not like we have all the time in the world. I don't know about any of this crap about Vegas or what that has. I don't even think about it. As far as I'm concerned, the team's playing like it's playing for the reasons uh, we have all said. The players are missing. There's something wrong with their psyche. The coaches are lost. Uh, but I think the defense really, bro, has played outplayed the offense in the last four losses. Um the offense should be putting up 30 points, bro. 30 points. 27-35. That's the kind of offense we have. The talent we have, we know we have. Uh, but no one's getting it done. So, sorry you've been avoiding the show. I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Hell, I'd avoid it too. I appreciate the call, the insight. Uh, all the time, man. Keep calling. You know, you got to vent it out. You can vent out right here at the Raider Nation podcast. And our next caller is Rudy the Vet, East Coast Raider. <laughs> Tell me what's up, bro. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, what's going on? It's Rudy the Vet, the East Coast Raider, calling in for the first time this year after this pathetic, pathetic, pathetic San Diego game. First thing I want to start out, man, hearts and minds are out there with the firefighters out there in California battling the blaze, man. God bless all of y'all. Second of all, our beloved Raiders, man. And I know a lot of people called in and whined and cried about Bill Musgrave. Well, look what you got now with this Todd Downing, man. This guy does not know how to call an offense. He took away the power run game and turned it into a zone blocking game with a bunch of 300-pound offensive linemen who are not that athletic. Strong, big dudes that can push people back, yes. Getting out of running out and blocking a zone, no, they're not built for that. Whatever happened to our beloved vertical passing game, our play-action passing game, Carr was excelling in it. You change it to a West Coast dink and dunk. Bullshit-ass passing game. It's going to be a long year, man. It's going to be a long year. I mean, yeah, we were soft at corner. Uh, maybe it's the best thing for us, man, get some good draft picks. Maybe Reggie can finally hit in the draft again because after that Matt Gabe Jackson draft, he hasn't – I mean, we got – what we did last year, Ward and Calhoun. Calhoun couldn't even make the mob this year, man. Ward is a no-show. He's bummed. Then you draft Mellon Falu and Gary and Conley, man, and they can't even make the field. And now we're going to go get Navarro Bowman, which I think would be a solid pickup because you passed up on Reuben Foster, who just took Navarro Bowman's job. 
I don't know, Brother Greg, man. Just when you think you turn in the corner, you fall down, man. Hope they can pull out maybe an eight and eight year, but I don't see anything more than that. But I'm a Raider till I die. Uh, God bless y'all, man, and go Raiders, man. Very good call, bro. Very good call. Thanks for all those well wishes to uh, to Sonoma County and Napa County, bro. It's it's still burning as I look out my window. Um, and everybody. I mean, the shootings, the storms, the floods. It's been crazy. It's been crazy here lately. That's all I got to say. Um, yeah, the Raiders. I mean, Musgrave, yep. Yeah, like, I, like I said, they got rid of Musgrave which I was complaining about the way he played called plays. But I didn't even see the Todd Downing promotion. And I will say it again. I'll say it in this show because you could go back to before the season started. I said there are two things. Ken Norton and this new coordinator, Todd Downing. I wonder if he's going to be able to do this job because he's a rookie I hope he brings the whole scheme of Musgrave. And he didn't. He doesn't have it. If we're zone blocking, if that's what we're doing, zone blocking, we will lose oh, probably three-quarters of the rest of the season. I'll tell you right now, we'll two, four wins, maybe five. Maybe five if we're lucky. Four, I'm thinking. Because the team has never... Let me say it again. Never really been very good at the zone blocking. And it takes more than a year. If this is going to be some freaking like, we're going to put this scheme in and work with it until we get the players to play that way. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Then Del Rio should be fired along with the entire coaching staff. Let's start over somewhere else. Because... That that's not um, a good plan. You don't go from a, 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 a appearance in a playoff game one season to change something that might work two years from now. We've been down this road. We came down this road with um, who had the zone blocking scheme that we had? I can't even remember. I know maybe it was Dennis Allen. No. I mean, we went through this whole experiment already, and no go. doesn't work for our team. We're a power-blocking team. That's what we do. I, You know, man, I really think that if we don't win this game, you know, we got to look at next year. And if we're looking at next year, well, then we're looking at Vegas because I don't know what, what is going on. Here. Maybe they're trying not to win. I don't know. Sounds stupid, huh? Just, it's so depressing to see this team play, bro. Thank you for the call. Sorry I'm going on and on. And here he comes. <laughs> I knew he'd be calling. Raider Chris from Scranton, PA. What is happening, bro? I feel you. Raider Nation. Raider Greg. Raider Randy. This is Raider Chris, Scranton, Pennsylvania. As you can tell by the sound of my voice, I'm not too happy. I know this is a family show now, so I'm biting my tongue really hard. But, man, I'm starting to call this team the Oakland Faders. 
because this team has disappeared since we beat the Jets. Four-game losing streak. Doesn't look like Lynch and Carr are on the same page. Don't give me nothing about the rest because, let's be honest, after six games, we should we should be used to that. We should be used to these referees looking the other way against us. So I'm not going to go there. Patterson, we should get involved more. We need to get him involved more because the guy's a speedster and he makes plays for us. Uh, Crabtree's still doing his thing. God love Crabtree. But, uh, yeah, his defense is pathetic. That last drive when we had him, we had the Chargers pinned, Rivers just threw on us like he was playing our preseason team. There was, Joseph was getting burnt left and right. It's uh, just, this is, this is not a good feeling at all. This, this is not what the Oakland Raider fans were expecting. And as fans, if we feel like this, can you imagine what this team is feeling like? It's time to start looking. What do we do? You know, do we get rid of Norton look for another coordinator? I mean, we something's got to give. But uh, yeah, even the, even the interceptions that that Carr threw, they they did not look good. But just a messy team that no nobody saw this. Now we're tied for last. When a lot of a lot of a lot of people out there had us winning our division, giving the Patriots a fight. Hell, we can't even give ourselves a fight at this point. And now we play Kansas City Thursday night after they just lost. Oh God! This time on Sunday next week, we could be in last place. It's not what we signed up for. Like I said, I'm biting my tongue. Raider Nation, Raider Greg, you know, you know that's hard for me to do. But I'm just, I'm upset as a fan, as, like you guys are, I'm sure. But uh, something's got to give with this team. Because it doesn't get any easier as far as scheduling goes. We should have beaten the Ravens. We're a better team than them. We should have beaten the Chargers. We're a better team than them. And now we play Kansas City. We have New England coming up. We're going to play in Denver again. So I hope something gives. You know, and maybe it starts with signing Bowman. That would be great. That would be a, that would be a big, big signing for us. But Raider Nation, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to have a couple shots of fireball. And uh, Raider Nation, I'm out. Yeah, brother, I feel you. But uh, same token, the Chargers only scored 17 points. And if we were the Raiders of last year, we were looking at 24 points, 20, you know, 27 points. We would have been outscoring these guys just like we would have the Blackbirds, just like we would have. Everyone, except for, I think, the Redskins played probably the best against us. But uh, our offense, it's not the defense. It's the freaking offense. Uh, and the offense is the problem here. And I, I know we've been calling for 10 Norton's head for a long time. But listen, the defense is doing well enough for us to win football games. The offense is crap in the bed, bro. Appreciate the call. I know how you feel, bro. And our next caller is Raider Gio Giovanni. What am I talking about? Raider Giovanni from Murrieta, my old stomping grounds. What's up, brother? Raider Greg. This is Gio Giovanni from Marietta. Raider Gio. It's been a while. A long while since we called in, but 
I had a call in today. Came down to the game. Sorry, couldn't make it towards the reflection. Say hi. But um, after the game, you know, went down to the Hilton Raider bar. And um, even though it was a shitty game, it's pretty cool. I ran into um, Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, got a picture with Mama Lynch. Let the old, I ran into Greg Papa. And ran to him a few times. I actually got to sit down and have a talk with this guy. One-on-one, drink-to-drink, man-to-man, civilian-to-civilian, raider-friend-to-raider-friend, no bullshit, no gimmick, no media, just normal conversation like me and you would have about the Raiders. And there was one thing that he mentioned to me that's going to stick with me. And he said... He said, out of the horse's mouth, I can't believe it. I I thought we were past the stage. I don't even know how to say it. He thinks and believes that we should fire Del Rio. I know we mentioned about the coaching and college rounding and the defensive coordinator. You got to blame somebody, right? Damn, I thought we were done with that bullshit. And to hear a guy of, of his stature, to me, his word holds weight. Doesn't mean what he says is always true. It might be just his opinion. But someone that does that as a professional business and talks to these guys on a personal basis and to say something like that, there, there, there's, there's smoke. There's fire. And those are the words that came out of his mouth. They need to fire Jack Del Rio's ass and get Groot in there to put a car on his ass. Well, we got big problems. We got big problems. That scary shit. Back to the same old shit. I'll still be here. I'll still come to the games. Support my team because I love it. Love the Raider Nation. Love my buddies. Love the family. I'll be here. I had to call in, give you the 401 on that info. So things might get real ugly. All right, guys. Take care. Go Raiders. Whoa. Literally. Now, for those who might not know this, Greg Papa, because uh, Giovanni knows it, is like the expert in any sport. I, you, I would put money that there's no one anywhere else on the planet that knows the sports, the history, the dynamics, the way the games are played, from hockey to baseball to soccer to football to tennis he can call names back from before i was even where uh, born you know greg papa is my favorite sports announcer because he is just so intelligent it just blows my mind and the names and the history that comes out of him is amazing now the fact that he said and i have no doubt that uh, del rio should go is not a surprise to me. 
Uh, here's why it's not a surprise. Take Andy Reid. Stand him next to Coach Del Rio. Think about talking about football. Who do you think would be more versed in more complexities of the game? I would guarantee you that it would be, of course, Andy Reid. Del Rio, don't get me wrong, I like the guy. He's a great Raider coach. It would be wonderful if he had some great coordinators that would cover his mistakes. But he is he's not that coach. He's not a Belichick. He's not a Reed. He is more of a, you know, let's get the right coaches in here to help me get this job done coach. And that's not working for him. And that's why I see that Greg Papa could totally have said it. I totally think that that's true. I wouldn't be surprised in the least. I've thought it myself. Um, I still think it. I think that he's on the hot seat. I think that this might be his last year or next year for sure. They possibly could be holding on to him until they make the transition, which would be make perfect sense. He got an extension, but two years, two years is two years. They could pay him. They'll have the money to do it anyway. I'm not surprised, bro. He's not fixing the problem. And he looks like he's lost along with his coordinators, man. So I appreciate that call. That is very cool that you share that with us on the bone line. I can't thank you enough. Thank you very much, brother. All the love in the world, man. Sorry you had to come up here and witness that crap. Uh, we got a full year of it, though, I think. And next from East Lansing, Michigan, the Raider guy. What's happening, bro? Hi, Raider Greg. This is the Raiders guy of East Lansing. It's been a while since I called in, maybe a few years. I want to break down the Raiders' problems for everybody who is listening. Um, Raider Greg, you might have already touched on these, but here we go. Defense, number one, the defense cannot cover the tight end to save their life. This is the reason why I feel this is a problem. Carl Joseph is a great safety, a hard hitter, but he's a really small guy. I think he's around five foot, ten inches tall, and he's guarding guys that are six foot six, six foot seven. He's too little of a guy. That's why they drafted Obi. And the problem with him is he has hurt with a knee injury. He missed all of preseason. He's going to miss the first eight games of this season with that knee injury. That's why he's on the team. So we're getting lit up by the tight ends in these games. Also, our cornerbacks, we've had a lot of injuries. Emerson's been out with a concussion. Um, Conley's been out with an undisclosed shin injury. And Sean Smith is awful and needs to be cut. He's being paid a boatload of money from a contract, I think it was last year. And we need to get rid of him and save all that cash. And TJ Carey, in my opinion, is just you know, a guy that is there but doesn't really do anything. He's just kind of a roster guy. Um, also, linebackers, a lot of injuries. That's kind of a weak spot on our offense that we need to fill in the next couple of years. But right now, there's just been a lot of injuries. Uh, so that's what's frustrating is the secondary gets carved up. Uh, Reggie Nelson, I think, is playing well this year. He's a safety, but he's uh, kind of up there in years. Okay, here is the offense, and this is where I'm going to go off, so just bear with me. Number one, Marshawn Lynch 
he cannot catch a ball that's dumped off to him to save his life. In this Chargers game, there was a drop ball. The second one was off his hands and then interception, intercepted. What drives me crazy is he needs a big chewing. He needs to get chewed out for these mistakes. You know, everybody needs to drop this attitude like, oh, we should do him a favor or, well, you know, thank him for coming to our team. You know, that's done. You know, he needs to step it up. I'm sick and tired of him, you know, getting away with stuff like that because everyone thinks that we should be doing him a favor and we should be thanking him to come to our team. You know, he needs to step it up, and that, you know, frustrates me. Everybody needs to get on Marshawn Lynch for sucking. Number two, Amari Cooper cannot catch a pass to save his life. That's what drives me nuts. It's like you get paid all of this money and you to catch the ball and you can't. Pay me a stick of bubble gum. I'll go out there and do your job and probably just do as good of a job, if not better, you know, with, with my catching ability. Also, um, Derek Carr, number one, when he was last year, he was positive. He rallied the troops, and they would go, and they would win the game. Two, this year, he's just really flustered and frustrated. You can see it, and he's on, he's on the sideline, you know, pouting, pulling his hair out. He needs a change of attitude and, you know, stay positive and go out there and rally the troops and win this like he did last year. I think the offensive line sucks. It's the highest paid offensive line in NFL history. I think they need to be pulling their weight. It just drives me crazy with stupid penalties, such as Donald Penn, false start. How many years have you been in this league, 21 mil? How many years if you do a false start? It drives me nuts. You know, uh, Gabe Jackson, again, there's, there are times where he missed blocks. The offensive line just drives me up the wall, you know, with how poor they're performing. I, I, you know, there are just a lot of mistakes everywhere, a lot of mistakes. It's not just one thing. There's a lot of things, and it has to fall back on the coaches. You know, it has to, these individual, individual players have to focus on their performance. It's just when you watch these games, such as the Chargers game, um, the Broncos game, the Redskins game, it's not a well-oiled machine. It's just look, they look really rusty out there. And it's, it drives me nuts because it just should be just smooth sailing, Final thoughts, I don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl like I had thought along with everybody else, and I don't even know if we're going to get to a playoff. It's just disappointing because this was the team to win it all. This roster was amazing, and they can't get it done, and uh, who knows what next year's roster is going to bring. So those are my thoughts, and uh, I'll just give it back to you. Well, you got some great takes there, brother. I I agree with you on on certain things, but like T.J. Carey, he was all over it in San. It was the best game he's ever played in his career. So I think, you know, I think we have players. I think we have players that can make plays. I just think, and I don't think the defense is the worst part of the team. I think the offense has turned in to the worst part of the team. The quarterback is lost. I don't know where they went. Who took my Raiders? And who are these guys they replaced them with? Is what I want to know. Uh, yeah, we got some issues, bro. Hopefully, we can turn the page. And next, from deep up in the valley, Fresno, that is, Raider Nate is in the house. What you got for us, brother? What's up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Nate from deep up in the valley, Fresno. 
So, yeah, time to hit the panic button. I don't know what's going on with this team, Raider Nation. I thought we were past all this. I thought we finally jumped the hurdle, but apparently not. Another home loss. And then KC loses, Denver loses. We could gain a little bit of ground, and what do we do? Go out there and lay an egg. I don't know. It's panic time. Conley's never going to get on the field. Uh, I don't know. It's starting to look a little grim. Maybe we should start looking to the offseason, like somebody said last week. But I don't know. I'll keep watching. Raider Nation, win, lose, or tie. Raiders till I die. Go Raiders. I'm out. Well, yeah, brother, you know, it's looking pretty grim. It's looked grim before, but, you know, they had played with heart last year. Where the hell is that? Thanks for the call, bro. And last but not least, a first-time caller, the 703 Raider from uh, Virginia, I think. Yeah, man, you know, (laughs) I'm glad you called, bro. What you got for us? Yeah, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is 703 Raider, first-time caller, long-time listener. I only got one thing to say, or maybe a couple. I'm not looking forward to Thursday after what I saw yesterday. And I guess number two is that this is the way that they're going to be playing football for the rest of the year. I guess I should just stop watching now. Because I don't know what I'm watching. Living over here in Virginia, all these Redskins fans, and actually seeing their team win, and day after day after day, everybody, all day long. Oh, I thought you guys were going to be good this year. What happened? I was actually rooting for you. Man, I don't want to hear that. I thought we were going to be good, too. Obviously, that's not the case. Whatever. I'm not looking forward to Thursday. That's it. No, brother, I don't think any of us are really looking forward to Thursday. It's like uh, it's like waiting for your dad to come home and knowing you did something wrong, your mom's going to tell on you, and you're going to get a whooping. <laughs> That's what Thursday will be like for this Raider fan. Well, you never know, bro. Who knows? The super freaks could come out at any time and get super freaky on it, and they've done it before. In losing seasons, we've come up and beat teams we're not supposed to beat. You never know. Uh, but I will be there Thursday in my seat um, watching this whole situation go down. I hope the team shows up. If they don't, it's not me playing. And the rest of us can take a collective deep breath and know we're not going to the playoffs and just watch Raider football and have a plan B. Plan B would be, oh, I'm going to watch this game. Oh, I could go over to this party? Oh, well, we'll just go to the party because the game is sucking. Um, that's what I mean by a plan B. Something else to do uh, if you get so frustrated with the team during the game is just go do it. Uh, that would be my idea and my suggestion. <laughs> I'll record it and watch the rest of the pain later. Anyway, let's hope things change. I hope we win, man, because it's going to be a real bummer. Uh, we do a five-game skid. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, I'm Brady Gregg. I'm certainly, most definitely, out. <laughs>